0: Good morning Colorado, you're listening to The Daily Sun Up. The Daily Sun Up podcast is a conversation with the Colorado Sun. See our trust indicators at coloradosun.com ethics. It's Friday, January 5th. Today, we're talking to Colorado Sun environment reporter Michael Booth about two upcoming events he is moderating. Before we begin, join the Colorado Sun as it brings the series High Cost of Colorado to the virtual stage discussions will include conversation around the high cost of housing, food, personal entertainment, the strain on Coloradans' budgets, and what's bothering our readers. Join for free on January 16th and RSVP today at coloradosun.com events. Now let's go back in time with some Colorado history. In 1859, George Jackson's journal documented his challenging start in Clear Creek County, encountering wildlife struggles but eventually finding promising signs of gold. His January 5th entry marked the first recorded discovery of gold in the area. Jackson along with Tom Golden actively prospected in the area. Despite a winter hiatus, he returned in spring with others joining to establish a mining camp at Idaho Springs. Jackson continued mining in Colorado until his death in 1897. Idaho Springs flourished as a mining community but later transitioned to a tourist destination with visitors drawn to the Argo Gold Mine and Mill inspired by Jackson's legacy. Before we continue, a quick thank you to our members who make it possible for the Colorado Sun to bring you your news about our beautiful complex state. If you aren't yet a member, consider joining now to support local journalism and gain access to member newsletters. Start your membership today at coloradosun.com/join. Next, our future story.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Daily Setup Podcast, and happy Friday. My name is Christina Pritchett, and I'm the Marketing Events Specialist for The Colorado Sun. I'm really excited to be here with all of you to talk about a couple events we have coming up this month. Today, I'm with The Colorado Sun's environmental reporter, Michael Booth, and we're going to share some details about some events he's moderating. Hi, Mike. Thanks so much for joining me today.
2: Hey, Christina, Happy New Year. Excited that we've got a great slate of events coming up not just for the month but really the whole year and uh, we kicked one off this week already with, for the legislative session and that's always popular as people try to figure out what's going on with politics and our crack politics team so yeah we've got a lot to talk about.
1: Yeah it's exciting that we're kicking off the month and the year strong and I'm really excited about your two events that you have this month. I think they're really great topics And I think our listeners would want to hear about them. So I kind of want to just jump in with your first event, The High Cost of Colorado, first. And I know this started as a series that you reported on along with the Colorado Sun staff members. So what can people expect out of an event from the series?
2: Sure. Well, let's go back a little bit to the concept of the project itself, which Jennifer Brown and I started talking about. Everybody's conversations every day Wherever they show up with people is about how much costs have gone up, sometimes from inflation, sometimes from just the popularity of Colorado itself and everybody moving here and competing for some of the same resources and some of the same objects, some of the same houses. And the charges that people see every day and everything from their pets to their health insurance to rent and feeling like they just don't have enough at the end of the month to pay all of their bills. And so we we set out to represent that. And the whole staff really jumped in and lashed on to the idea. And our idea was to not just do long, long stories that would be difficult to get through, but to really represent people's experiences in graphics and in charts and in conversations and audio. So if you look on our website, coloronsuncom slash high cost, you can see all kinds of things that'll show you the high cost of a Christmas tree in one easy graphic there is audio from people who are just struggling at the end of every month to make enough rent for their apartment and still pay their other bills and not making that, not closing that loop. And Jen and I have done a lot of interviews. and Everybody on the staff has done an amazing number of interviews on that. We have some really interesting stories and graphics coming up on things like health insurance and uh, all the fees that the legislature has added that make your life more difficult. We've had great stuff on utility costs and what goes into an energy bill and why that has been rising so much. So the idea of our event and our panel is to get some of those people that we have already talked to, to talk to us live about what they hear, the stories they're encountering every day, the pressures that people are feeling, trying to meet the high costs of Colorado every month, and what it does to them and what it does to their daily lives. And also to answer some reader questions that have come up. We've got a lot of reader responses on everything from why are gas prices higher in some of the mountain counties? Why do, you, why do you pay 75 cents more a gallon in some of the mountain resort counties, and some of the remote counties than you do in Denver? Why is your health insurance rising 15, 20% a year when supposedly some of those costs were coming under control by state policies? Why does pet health insurance cost you $1,000 or $2,000 a year, and then when you actually come to use it, they don't want you to use it, and they don't pay very much? So, all of those kinds of questions are things that we're going to be trying to answer over the next few months, and we'll answer some of them in our January 16th panel.
1: What I really love, I think the series in general is really great, but I think that no matter what angle you look at it, the cost of things increasing affects everyone. And so, that's something that everyone can relate, whether you did go buy a Christmas tree or whether you need to put gas in your car like everyone can relate to their wallets feeling a little more empty every time they go somewhere so I think it's really great that this series came to life and I think like you said there's really great graphics and it's super easy to digest and so I'm really excited that this is coming to our virtual stage.
2: One of our guests is going to be Matt Newman, who runs the Community Economic Defense Project. And what he started out with in this field, when Matt was first interested in it, was working with people on evictions. He's an attorney, and he created a group of attorneys who would help people pre-pandemic through the evictions process as the number of evictions was starting to grow. And he's continued on that. And obviously, those numbers are we've written about it. Tatiana Flowers has written about The number of evictions growing in Colorado, sort of the pandemic aid that was going on that was keeping people in their apartments has now ended for the most part. And so people are seeing those bills pile up. They're getting notices from their landlords that they need to pay it up or get out. And Matt continues his defense of people like that. So he has stories from now to eternity about all the hard cases that he's dealing with and not just struggling people who I guess you kind of might expect, not to be insensitive, but there's people who are on the uh, lower economic status who really have a hard time every month. But he also talks about you know, people who have jobs, who have supposedly good jobs, supposedly relatively well-paying jobs, um, struggling with the evictions process and struggling with high deposits, struggling with add-on fees that are unexpected from their landlords, um, struggling with apartments that don't work well, where the heat's not working or the water's not working. And so he'll be talking a lot about that and what they are doing to try to help defend people in that situation, Um, whether it's getting worse or whether Colorado's economic situation high employment has made it somewhat better. So he's going to be one of our top guests, and we're welcoming people's comments ahead of time. They can email me or they can email Jennifer. My email is booth at coloradosun.com. If they have questions about affordable housing and what's going on with the evictions process, we would love to hear those ahead of time. and We will be asking Matt and some of our other experts about that live, and they can also uh, you know, send other emails and other contacts to anyone at The Sun, and they'll forward them to us, and we'll make sure we get those questions asked.
1: Perfect. Thank you for going over all of that. I think it's going to be really interesting, and I'm really excited for that one. Um, Your next event is a little different, I think, on topic, um, and it's all about electric vehicles. So what can our listeners expect to hear and learn during that event?
2: There's going to be a lot going on with transportation in Colorado in 2024. And one of the main things that we'll be seeing is a real extension and expansion of the revolution in what we're calling the new car culture. And the title of the panel is How Will the Revolution in Electric Vehicles and Transportation Design Change Colorado. So here are some of the elements that we'll be talking about that day, which is January 24th. And people can join us at 6 p.m. for free. Remember that you can always sign up for free. Uh, we appreciate people's membership and we pre- pre- appreciate people's donations, but panels are always free. And we encourage people to register ahead of time so they can help. Uh, we'll send them out a reminder. You'll send them out a reminder, Christine we'll do a great job with that. Um, so the topics that we might talk about in that event Obviously, the revolution, the change to e-vehicles, electric cars, is continuing and expanding. But there's also been a blip lately where the car companies are starting to see that the electric cars are staying on the lot a little bit longer. People seem to have flagged a little bit in their interest in buying them, even though as of the turn of the the year on January 1st, there's even more incentives and huge rebates available, especially in Colorado, for people to get help buying electric vehicles. So we'll be talking to some experts about why that interest might be lagging a little bit, what that means for Colorado the next year. We'll be talking about other transportation design changes. There's a huge push again for more mass transit. The state of Colorado has gotten into the bus business in a big way with bus staying and all the lines that go out to all parts of the state and snow staying in the winter to get to the mountain resorts. They want to get apparently into the business of running trains with front range rail What is going on with the planning of that? Is that likely? Um, How is RTD adding service with bus rapid transit? They're planning to break ground in 2024 on a new bus rapid transit line on East Colfax. What does that mean for car culture in Colorado and transportation culture in Colorado? Uh, People in Denver especially have seen lanes of their major streets taken away um, is one way to look at it. But if you look at it from the other side of it, they're not just being taken away, they're actually finally being opened up to safe bicycle riding. And so what is the force behind that? Is that something that could actually be a big contribution to reducing air pollution and reducing cars on the road in Colorado? And what does that mean for people who are still in their cars? It Does it make it harder for them to get around the city when lanes are being taken and given to bike riders? There's a huge question of bike safety. People are very upset at the number of injuries and number of deaths with people getting hit by cars will the bike lanes actually help with that? So some of our experts that we having having that day that people would look forward to asking questions of are people like Tim Jackson, the recent head of the Colorado Auto Dealers Association, who's now retired, but working on transportation issues, writing a book about all kinds of different transit. He represents, obviously for a long time, fossil fuel car dealers, but also electric vehicle car dealers. And he's an enthusiast for electric cars and all kinds of transportation himself and is following the markets and following what's happening with the auto dealers that used to be part of his purview about what's going on in the car sales. And he'll be talking about all of those things. Tim's always got a million stories and a million statistics and could talk very openly about the pluses and the minuses of car culture in Colorado and how it's changing. We'll also have Matt Fromer from the Southwest Energy Efficiency Project, who's a big enthusiast personally for electric cars, but also professionally wants to reduce air pollution in Colorado, wants to reduce greenhouse gas pollution in Colorado, and is a firm believer that both transit and the transition to electric cars instead of fossil fuels is the way to accomplish much of that. Matt does everything from interpreting policy and sort of broad big picture stuff to happily sharing. He's a big fan of nerding out on spreadsheets in terms of his own electric car use and how much money he's saved, how much gasoline he's saved, and how much it costs to actually run and maintain an electric vehicles. So we can talk to them about all that. You can bring their personal electric car questions. Matt's happy to talk about those now for everything from the what's in your own garage to what Colorado should be doing on a big policy level. And a recent addition that's going to be really fun is Lashita Sayer, who runs Women Who Charge, and she is specifically interested in trying to get more minority participation in the electric car culture and the transition, trying to help people figure out how they can get a car charger in their garage if they don't have a garage because they live in multifamily housing, how they can make sure that their apartment building is adding car chargers, Um, explaining some of the basics to people who are a little bit wary of electric cars, everything from range anxiety. Can they get a car that will actually serve their needs? What are the rebates that are available? How do they take advantage of those? if people aren't as familiar navigating the government system and, and making sure that they they know they're entitled to those rebates along with everybody else. And she's a big enthusiast for that. So she's going to join us and is enthusiastic about spreading the word to as many people as possible through the Colorado Sun. And we hope to have a representative of Colorado Springs. Uh, we, and if they're listening, uh, please answer our new emails and let, let us know uh, what it, that you're going to be able to show up. We are really interested in how Colorado Springs is participating. They are adding transit. They are uh, supporting their regional transit group. They are also enthusiastic about adding lanes to the highway between I-25 and Denver. And so we want to talk to them about what they see as their transportation and urban design future. So really interesting group of people. The mix always changes up till the last minute with the Colorado Sun because we're always asking more people and um, hoping that they can bring their expertise. But we People would always count on a panel of experts that will be engaged and very knowledgeable. And again, we hope people will send us their questions, booth at coloradosun.com. On anything related to transit, we'll make sure we ask those questions of our panel.
1: Well, thank you. I think you always do a great job of also bringing really interesting panelists and who just have all of that knowledge on these things. So I'm really looking forward to both of those topics. I think we're going to learn a lot um, during both events. So I appreciate all your work on putting these panels together.
2: Well, and your flexibility. Sometimes uh, we have some last minute changes as we add more people, which probably drives our marketing and communication people, mainly. <laughs> really. But just know everybody who's listening should know that we try to keep it fresh and try to keep it up to date. And if we hear about somebody at the last minute who wants to join and is going to bring a new voice, we want everybody to hear it.
1: Oh, for sure. I think we do a good job with that. So thank you again. Um, For our listeners, both of our events are free and virtual. As Mike said, join us on January 16th for the High Cost of Colorado and January 24th for the New Car Culture. Both events are at 6 p.m. You can RSVP right on our website. So just head to coloradosun.com slash events, and we will send you those reminders, and drop in a couple links there so that you can submit your questions ahead of time. Thank you again so much, Mike, for providing all of that information. I'm really looking forward to it, and I hope our listeners here join us. So thank you again, everyone, and have a great day and a wonderful weekend.
0: You can read more at coloradosun.com. Finally, here are a few stories that you should know about today. Colorado's two senators and five Democratic U.S. representatives are demanding the federal government step up aid to house thousands of migrants in Denver. The Democrats sent a letter to the Federal Emergency Management Agency arguing that communities coping with an increase in the number of migrants who need housing and food should have access to FEMA's Shelter and Services Program. That program pays to house migrants who are awaiting the outcome of immigration proceedings. The city has received 36,000 migrants over the past year, mostly from South America. Denver Mayor Mike Johnston says that's more migrants per capita than any other city in the U.S. The Colorado Supreme Court building in downtown Denver remains indefinitely closed after a man broke in Tuesday morning, fired a gun, and set a fire. Brandon Olson, 44, was arrested after a standoff on suspicion of robbery, burglary, and arson. He is being held at the downtown Denver detention center on a $100,000 bond. Authorities say he started a fire that triggered the sprinklers, flooding several floors with water. A cost estimate has not been released. Many courthouse employees must work remotely until the damage is repaired. The Colorado Supreme Court's schedule was not affected. Lawmakers and environmental advocates say the Platte River Power Authority is falling short of greenhouse gas reduction targets, and they are demanding to know if the Northern Colorado utility plans to meet the deadlines spelled out in a 2023 law. The authority provides power to city utilities for Fort Collins, Longmont, Loveland, and Estes Park, covering 350,000 residents. The Platte River Power Authority set out to be one of the state's most ambitious pursuers of clean energy, but advocates say it has failed to follow through on its promises. The authority said it remains committed to cutting greenhouse gases and is working to make reductions. For more information on all of these stories, visit our website, coloradosun.com. And don't forget to tune in again next time. Before we go, we encourage you to check out a new podcast from our friends at KUNC called The Colorado Dream. Here's a sneak peek.
1: The new season of The Colorado Dream explores the Black immigrant experience in Aurora. It's told through the eyes of one African woman. I would sit on the beach and just daydream about coming to America. And the city of Aurora that's working to become an inclusive home for all. In the last 20 years, uh, we have a new face of the city. I'm Stephanie Daniel. Join me for The Colorado Dream Newcomers Welcome. You can find the series at KUNC.org or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Now, a quick message from our editor.
2: I'm Larry Rickman, editor and co-founder of The Colorado Sun. The Sun is a public benefit corporation, and we rely on the support of listeners and readers like you to produce the nonpartisan, in-depth news that Colorado needs and deserves. Please consider becoming a Sun member for just $5 a month. Learn more at coloradosun.com. Thanks.